Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Newcastle Blue Star Podcast. I'm your host Dan Tracy and after a short break we're back once again with another episode and another top guest. Joining me tonight is one of the first team squad. That man in question is Andrew Bulford, although you will probably know him better as Bully. Bully, thanks for offering your time this evening and I hope all is well. Yes, Dan, all's uh, good. Great to be able to have a, another catch-up with you and talk football like we're all, all like talking about. Absolutely. I mean, of course, we spoke on Friday night at the uh, fundraiser and that was great to chat to you, but it'd be good to sort of put that into audio history, as it were, and let other people listen to our conversation. So, I guess best place to start is always the beginning. So, why don't you give us a bit of your background before you come to Blue Star? How was your career before that move? Um. A, a long career in the Northern League, basically. Um, bit of a sort of run-of-the-mill junior career at, at academies. Didn't quite make it. Um, found myself in the Northern League um, at 18-year-old, I think, was that when I first started with Morpeth Town. Um, quickly moved on to Prada Town, then Consat. Um Got promoted to the sorry, won the Northern League second division with Consat. Got promoted to the first division. Uh, went to writing for a couple of seasons uh, before moving on to Dunstan, um, where probably I made made my name for myself. I had uh, seven years there, seven fantastic years. Um, obviously, the pinnacle of that winning the FA Vos. Um, I was talking about it with someone the other day. That team probably should have. Won more than the Vos. Um, it was a very, very good team. Uh, great club. Uh, learned a hell of a lot when I was there, not just on the football side of things, but off the pitch as well. You know, um, great committee and set up, and you'll find a lot of Northern League clubs aspire to get to that sort of level on, on and off the field. Um, after there, went to South Shields, um, Ashton. And then I found myself at Wickham, sort of getting me at, me at the end of me, 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 me peak, if you could put it, or sorry, the winter of my career. Um, but managed to get promoted with Wickham to the Northern League First Division uh, under Robin Falkes, um, who was obviously in charge of Blue Star before Liam and Paul came in. Um, also spent a little bit of time there as assistant manager at the Robin, which was a great experience. Obviously didn't go... The way we would have liked it, but you know you've got to take the positive from things, and it was a great experience, although it was a short one. Um, after that, it was Preeny Rangers. Obviously, Preeny was a, a teammate in the Vosman inside. It asked us to come down. I mean, I was I was aware of things were going on down the road at Blue Stocks. I'm I'm a, I'm a local lad. Um, when I went down with, to speak to Preeny and met Bestie and actually seeing it with for my own eyes, it was. It didn't take long to to agree and want to want to be part of it. Well, I'll get to Blue Star in a moment. I just want to touch on Wembley. You mentioned that, so I guess that must be the highlight of your career so far. The twenty twelve final. What was it like to play there, and more importantly, score twice? It's you know before we went down. I remember watching an interview with Gaza um, that asked him about Dunstan going to Wembley because it was obviously he's a, he's a Dunstan lad. Um, and he mentioned in his interview, he said, someone video everything because it'll, it'll be gone before you know it. Um, and he wasn't wrong. He literally 
getting excited one minute and the next minute you're, you're travelling back on the bus to the hotel and it's it's all over. Um, but look, it's, it's every lad's dream, every player's dream to play at Wembley and I, I, I appreciate how fortunate I've been to, to be able to do that. Um, scoring the goals, it was... It was my job at the end of the day, but um, it had a bit of a sentimental touch because we'd lost were uh, were physio Matty Ann in the air before, uh, just before the quarter final got beat off with the bay. Um, and Matty was a centre forward, and he would he was. I saw him sort of well enough about thinking about him now, but he he, he kept me calm a lot. I, I always had a bit of a, a chip on my shoulder, and it, sometimes I would lose my head. And Matty was someone who. Would sort of talk us round, um, keep us in the right frame of mind, and to be able to score a goal and dedicate it to him probably meant more than than winning the Vars. If I'm if I'm honest, um, it was like I say, it's just you have a group of lads who you've played with for years and you've worked towards a goal and to to achieve it and to see you know the, the committee men crying and lads teammates crying through joy. It's it, it's unbelievable and. Hopefully you wouldn't get Blue Star there someday. Absolutely. So you mentioned Blue Star and a chat with Bestie. How did he sell the image of the club? Was that enough for you to put pen to paper? I don't think he really had anything to sell it. Obviously, having been around the Northern League, you, you meet a lot of people, some great people, some people you know, you're know you a bit wary of, and you, you sort of know just by speaking to someone whether there's actually some truth behind what they're saying and just having a look at all the hard work that was going in, not just bestie committee men there and the work Preenian it was um was doing. It's just it was just seemed it just seemed right for us, you know, just being on the door and there's not a club in the area, to be honest. You gotta travel over the water to find your nearest team and it just everything just felt right. Um you know I mean you'll have sport the best of yourself, Dan and the ambition and the emotion and the everything he puts into it, second to none. And if you can help him out in any little way, way you can, whether it's been as a player or coming down to the club just to help out with something, setting something up, you know, it's it's a pleasure. And the more people can get down there, the better. So what age were you when you moved to Blue Star? Sorry, I, I never knew. So <laughs> I've got to remember how old I am now. Um, <laughs> It would be coming about two years ago, so maybe 33, 34. Okay, then. So, did it feel like the right move at the right time of your career? Yeah, well, I mean, I was getting... Obviously, when I was leaving Wigan, I was getting offers in the Northern League. Um, some good offers and sports, some great people. Um, maybe if I'd been a bit younger, I probably would have I would have went elsewhere. Um, but I wanted a, a proper challenge, you know, there was... I don't felt I didn't feel like I had anything to really achieve in the Northern League, whether it be the, the first division or the second division. Whereas getting a club which, you know, in Northern League terms, Blue Star was a massive club, to get them back into the Northern League seemed like a, a great challenge. Um and, and without COVID, it, it probably would have happened the season before. Um but you know it's it's the same for everyone with We've got to dust ourselves down. Um, obviously, we had that bad news uh, on Monday that we hadn't been put into the Northern League. Um, but we're prepared for the Northern Alliance again and nothing changes. You know, it's, we've just got to, got to go give it all and 
get myself into the Northern League next year. Absolutely. I'll get your take on Monday's news towards the end, but I just want to ask a few more questions around the squad. So, with your more senior status, if you don't mind me saying, are you in a position to help out younger members, be that in a kind of mentor role, just to offer advice about playing at this kind of level? Anything that can help them along the way? I think if you ask the lads, a lot of them get sick of us because I'm always trying to <laughs> play, play a joke on, on, on them. But, you know, a happy laugh in changing rooms a good one to be in. And it, it sometimes helps sort of probably take the nerves away sometimes before games, you know, and relax people a bit. Um, I, I always look back to when I was young and until I went to Dunstan, I struggled massively knowing what to do in certain situations. And... I probably got made a lot of mistakes that way because I hadn't had a, se- a senior player put his arm around us or a committee member explain things instead of just having a go at us. Um, and I was fortunate I got that at Dunson because a lot of the changing room were experienced good lads. And like I said earlier, I, I learned a lot there. So when I see young lads now, maybe struggling with some of the things I used to, it's, it's great to be able to help them. Um, also, obviously, helping the, the management team as well, you know, it's and the committee. I, I was thinking about earlier on, you know, it's it doesn't just stop with helping the the younger players, it's the committee, it's this, the management, it's the junior teams. You know, I like I do a bit of training with uh, a bit of coaching with the younger lads as well, and it's great when you, you turn up there through the week and see all the, the junior teams playing with the strips on and even the boxing club up the road. It just, it's just fantastic for the area, so. Basically, any way I can help out, I'm, I'm more than happy to, you know, and it's hopefully we'll see the, the returns of that shortly. So compared to the levels that you've operated at before, what has life in the Northern Alliance been like for you? Has the transition been as smooth as you hoped? Um, I think I've, I've managed it all right, you know. it's You've got to treat everyone with respect, no matter what, what level you play at. Um, obviously, there's a few old faces I see in the Northern Alliance myself, so it, it's good to, to mix it with some of them again. Um, is the I think the main difference I've noticed is probably the seriousness taken by some players um, in the Northern League, and probably speaks volumes to why it's done so well over the years. It is taken serious. Players will look after themselves. They're, they're very, very fit. You know, there's there's none of this getting away with going out a night before in the Northern because you'll get found out. Um, I've not seen that at Blue Star Mine, I, I must admit. I, all the lads seem to take care of themselves. Um, again, it's just it's fitness, and you, you find that at most levels of football. As you grow up, people are fitter, the, the, the better athletes. Um, but no, I think I've, I've adjusted to it well. I've, I certainly, I'm still scoring goals, which is the main thing. Um, Fitness has never been an issue, but if I stop scoring goals, then I'll probably be looking at maybe taking a step back. Now, I know I asked you this on Friday, but it was a really interesting conversation. So, in terms of the benefit of the listeners, why is the North East such a hotbed of talent when it comes to winning the FA Vars? What makes this area so special? Like I mentioned the other night, a lot of years ago, it was it was made pretty much impossible for Northern E teams to to go to, to be promoted because of the tra- travel and financial cost. Um, I know speaking of Dunstan, because they went up just before COVID, they were having to put tenders out just for bus travel because of the distance you have to travel and it, it wasn't worth the financial risk for Northern E teams to go up. So what you found was a lot of the investments stayed in the Northern League 
players will be getting paid the same, if not more, to stay in the Northern League than to travel all over during the week. And what you found was basically you had a league which could probably have competed with two or three leagues above quite comfortably. Um, and I think that's shown when teams have taken promotion, they've, they've pretty much went through the leagues with ease, to be fair. Um, that era when the, from when Whitley Bay first won the Vars, I think about a 10 year period, the Northern League was incredible. It was so competitive. Um, you'd have, and I'm not exaggerating, there'd be nine or 10 teams realistically had a chance of winning that Northern League. That's how, that's how difficult it was. And even if you were going to bottom the league, you, you weren't going for a walkover. It would be very, very difficult. Um, and I think it's shown now when teams have started taking promotion and um, with the leagues being readjusted, the Northern League, I would say, has got weaker because of it, but it naturally so. Um, but that that ten year period was incredible, and I mean, some of the games and some of the, the best thing about it was as well, you would compete heavily with people. And I'm a good mates with some of them now. I've never even played in the same team as them. It was just everything was just the way it should be in my eyes. That's what football was about, um, and. I, as a result, obviously, you've had so many. It's sort of a novelty now to win their favours if you're from the northeast. But it comes from the, that, that, the dedication from the players, and obviously the Northern League not being able to, to promote over them years. Well, I guess it's almost expected, isn't it? You, if you're from the northeast, you probably go into that tournament as early favourites. Uh, if you looked at the bookies list, not that I, I bet it <laughs> on any, anything. I'm, I'm superstitious like that, but. You look, you look even now, like the top three, four teams, the three favourites of the bookies will be Northern League teams. Um, obviously, I mean, Heaven's just won it there the other week. I don't think there's a representative in it now. Um, but all, there's always a Northern League team getting to the very latter stages. Um, it's it's good to see. It's good for the area, even if it's not your team. You know, it, it keeps the, the attention up here. And obviously, up north, we don't get the same treatment as down south which is very obvious, but when it comes to football, we're, we're still probably the most competitive about. So staying on the topic of the pyramid, you mentioned it a bit earlier, but there was news on Monday, news that didn't go in our favour, unfortunately. So the restructuring of the pyramid hasn't allowed Blue Star to go up a level. How did you feel when that news was broken? It's obviously disappointed. Um, I mean, if it went off points we gained the year before, we probably would have been up. Yep. Um, nobody knows how they've made the decision and you know my guess would be that FAs took the easy way out and just stuck one up from each league um, but you'll get the Northern League blaming the FA and the FA will blame the Northern League you'll never get a straight answer but it doesn't surprise us with the FA um, I'm more disappointed for Bestie in, in the committee and the fans to be honest because the, the amount of effort and work they've put in over the last two years has been incredible. I mean, I was looking at a, a video the other day when Wickham played Blue Star in a pre-season friendly and there was just the little white fence around the pitch and that was only two years ago. And you look at it now, it's absolutely incredible. Um, floodlights going up there now, stand soon to be on its way. 4G after that's the plans. It's, it's just disappointing because I know how much effort and time has been put in by a lot of individuals off their own back as well, not they're not getting paid for it. Um and it would have it would have meant the world to them. But like I said earlier, we've we've, we've planned to be in the Northern Alliance again. Um 
we'll put all our effort into growing up and getting up there next year. Um, with a bit of a point to prove for them, them not putting up this year. Well, that was going to be my next question. Does that news provide a bit of fire for next season? It's almost there's the impetus to go out and earn promotion. I think that with that with combined with how well we've done in the tournament um, or the, the cup competition that's just gone there, it it should be used as extra motivation. You know, it's uh, you, you've got to, and it's to me, it's. To get to that Northern League, for me, it, it'll just be great just to see how happy Bestie will be, how happy the fans will be. And I mean, we'll probably get onto the fan base soon. It's absolutely incredible already. And that fan base deserves a higher level of football. And that's up to me and the players and Liam and Paul to get up to that level. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure we will. From a player's point of view... Is it sweeter to earn promotion on the field after a arduous season, or is it a case of taking any progress any way you can? Obviously, you know if someone said to you you can have a leg up, you take it. But is there part of you that thinks, do you know what? I'd like to go out and win that promotion myself. Uh, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, that sort of takes a bit away the disappointment. Is at least if we go up and win the league, we've done it the right way. If you would, if you would see it like that. Um, you take a leg up, anybody would if if, if you could. Um, it would have been great for the Northern League to have her there financially as well. You know, the, the away travel that we would bring with her, um, you know, it would make generate a lot of revenue for a lot of Northern League clubs who would have struggled really bad during the pandemic. Um, I mean, before Christmas, we had over a thousand fans at home looking at the Buses to Tadcaster. I think there's <laughs> there's already two coaches sold out for a pre-season game at Tadcaster, and the third one is well on its way. Um, it just shows how much this area has been crying out for a club like this. Um, it's there now, and obviously, if anyone's listening who's not been down, I would massively encourage it to come down. It's not just for mad fans because we have got some of them as well. Um, but you'll see kids there. The kids can run around and play football. There's pitches all around the ground as well. There's a little free G they can play on. Obviously, there's the hospitality that's there as well at the minute. It's, it, there's something for everybody, and that's what Bestie and the committee and the club's trying to achieve. Um, and obviously, with everything that comes with it, it, it generates jobs for the area as well. You know, it's in it's a deprived area. Scotland, you know, I don't think anyone would. Begrudges saying that it's, it is, um, and that's what Bestie's really focused on as well. Not just the the football side of things, but the community and giving back and helping the community out in any any way we can. Well, you mentioned the fan base. What's your relationship like with those? Because the way I see it, from a fan's point of view, it's great that players are accessible. That you can watch them, then have a point with them afterwards. You don't get that at upper levels of the game. It's part of the beauty and the charm of non-league. So, what's your relationship? With the Blue Star fans, it's, uh, well, Pony's uh, <laughs> the leader, as you've probably already established. Yeah. Um, it's what it's all about, man. It's you know you could have a bad game and what have you, but you come in the bar after the game and you have a big crack with the, with the fans and a pint and talk about the game and it's just it's just great. I mean, like, I remember playing at Blythe. That was the last game before um, the first lockdown. And there's flashbangs and flares going off at Blythe Town away, you know, and it's, as a player, it's great to see because it's, it's funny, it's, 
it's something you don't expect in like higher league, Premier League sort of games. Um, all the fans are great lads and they, they enjoy a laugh and they encourage anyone to come along and speak with them. Um, obviously, they bring the kids along as well. All the, all the kids at the club have free season tickets too. It's, it's what it's all about, Dan. And I think that's what's massively missing now. And it's obvious it's missing in the Premier League and the Championship. And as you go up, it's all about money. Um, obviously, money does. You need money. That's everyone needs money in the game. But it's so far detached from what fans need and what the public want. It's a place like Blue Star now is going to benefit from it massively because they're giving people what they want, and it's just a great relationship all around, really. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just there at the right time and the right place, really, isn't it? You can sense the the anti-Ashley sentiment around the city, which has been obvious for years. And it's just kind of waiting to explode, Blue Star, that it's ready for anyone to walk through the door. It's always welcoming. And I think that's what's so great about it. But, of course, next season is not that far away either. And how do preparations look for you? Because I think there's, what, six pre-season friendlies lined up. Are you ready to uh, get your teeth into those? Oh, definitely. I mean, especially off the back of... I mean, I know we got beaten in the semi-final off Whitley Bay first team um, but we put a really good run together you know I think we won six out of six in the league probably didn't deserve to win the semi-final but we took it all the way to the penalties um, we're going into pre-season now with high confidence and a lot of motivation and positivity and added with the fact that hopefully all these restrictions will be gone and we'll see the back of this Covid it's a nice fresh start for everyone. Um, obviously, there'll be new additions coming in. Um, something I've been stressing to the players over the last couple of years is they need to realise the opportunity they've got to really make a name for themselves here. I'll, I'm not the future of the club. I'm, I'll, I'll hopefully still be there even after I'm, I'm finished playing, but these young lads need to realise that or these new players coming to the club, they've got an opportunity to really make a name for themselves. Um, it's a really big club with a massive following. Um, I think the last couple of years, a lot of the players have struggled with the big crowds. It sort of overwhelmed them a bit. Um, when really they should be using it to say, right, I'm going to, I'm going to get, go and get the win out of the day. I'm going to do this. I'm going to put a great performance in, and it should lift them. Um, and I think this cup competitions got that confidence back. Um, good set of pre-season fixtures as well with good support coming. Paul and Liam will have everything planned out perfectly. I, I, I don't doubt that whatsoever. Um, so there's, there's going to be no excuses next year. There's, there's no use of the COVID, the stop and starting, the bad weather, because the, the pitch will be sorted as, as well by then. It's, um, yeah, there's no excuses and it's sink or swim. You know, you either want to be part of it and you want to step up to the occasion or, you know, you'll fall by the wayside because that's how, that's how fast we, we are progressing. In terms of fitness, it's been a few weeks now since the cup final. Sorry, the cup semi-final defeat. We wish it was a cup final. But um, how have you been in terms of R and R, rest and relaxation? Has there been much of it, or is it a case of hitting the ground running and going straight into pre-season plans? Personally, I've, I'm still recovering from a, a foot injury in that would be a game. But I know the lads have still been training on a Tuesday just to keep myself ticking over. Um, obviously, it's a bit different to normal seasons where. We haven't had a full season inward, so probably don't need as big a rest as we have done before. Um, 
I'll just keep taking over the way I do. <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting old now, and the more running I do, the, the probably the less time I'll have to play. So I, I look after myself that way. But as far as the lads are concerned, they're still training. Um, it's important to anyway, you know, keep yourself ticking over because once that pre-season comes, if you haven't been looking after yourself, it, it becomes a hell of a lot harder. And before you know it, you're playing your first game and before you know it, pre-season's over and you're, you're into the competitive schedule. So I'd like to hope all the lads are going to look after themselves. It's good to, to see them that once a week of training as well, you know, and keep the morale going and build up the relationships between the lads. Um, obviously, there's all the events coming up with Blue Star as well with the Euros. So we've got a couple of like uh, a couple of nights out planned as well just to keep everyone together so yeah it's it's good and it's the way it should be done and that's that's hopefully the way it'll go you know we'll keep doing things the right way and we'll hopefully get the rewards from it well as you say and not just for you but if you're a player who hasn't kept even trim before pre-season you can get quickly found out because you're playing catch up then and then you're playing catch up into the season so the last thing you want to do is be miles off the pace before you've even kicked a ball Oh, definitely. I mean, I've always looked after myself and prided myself on my fitness, and I think that's a big reason why I'm still playing now. Um, it's a mentality, you know. I, I was fortunate when I was 16, actually, as when I first met uh, Bryce Arrogate at college, and he installed a, not just a winning mentality into it, but you know, a mentality to be proud of yourself and, and to work hard. Um, and it shows in your football, you know, the fitter you are, the better you play. It's simple as that. And if someone like me is out running your football at 35 you need to be, and you're 18 year old, you need to be having a good look at yourself, you know. So that's how I put a bit of positive pressure on players, you know, and it's the way it should be. And it's it's a good laugh. And like I said, going into the Northern League, you've got to be at that top level. So why not prepare for it now and get yourself the standard you need to be the next couple of years, you know. So... Hopefully, like you see, the lads do keep looking after themselves and, the, and they get where they need to be. OK, final question. We do need to talk about Whitley Bay. How was the afternoon for you? Where did it go wrong? I mean, was it just one of those afternoons in the grand scheme of things? Well, we, for me, we, it was frustrating. We didn't... I thought we defended great. I mean... Uh, they had a, the big lad was a good player up top, um, and we, we dealt with them. We de- defensively, I don't think we we really struggled. Um, we just didn't seem to be able to get it going attacking wise. Um, apart from the penalty, I can't really think of a clear cut chance we created. But you know, like we, we say, there was a, there was a few would they be a first team players, and then it was a good gauge for some of our players to see, you know, what you're going to be up against. Um, we certainly need to practice penalties, myself, <laughs> myself included. I can't, I can't call anyone for penalties because I've had a couple of stinkers lately. Um, but it was just frustrating, and I mean, it would have been fantastic to get the do a final. Um, I seen the scenes in the the marquee when we did score on people's phones after, and it just shows you what. I mean, I just imagine if Blue Star get to a final man now with with this fan base, it'll be incredible. Um, but a massive learning curve again and got to take the positives from it. Like I just said there, we defended really well. Work with socks off, that's all you can ask. Um, hopefully there's more semi-finals to come and we can put it right. And more finals to come. That's what we really hope for. Yeah, a, definitely. 
you say the celebrations, I think my back still hurts from Carl grabbing me during that goal. Carl, if you're listening, everything's <laughs> fine. But um, to be honest, I think that's all the questions for this sixth episode. Bully, is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up the show? No, just a bit of a thank you from me to the likes of Bestie and and the committee because what the work they're doing doesn't go unrecognised, you know. And I mean, there's blokes down there who who aren't even on the committee going down every day and helping out and putting the effort in to make sure we get where where we need to be. And if you're local to the club, get yourself down. Honestly, don't don't be scared because it's Scotchwood, you know. It's you'd be very surprised at how nice people are, how good the community setup is there. And you've got a choice, you know, you go to Newcastle United where they just want your money or you come to Bluestone, you can actually be part of something. Um, and it's, you know, it's something to be proud of to have in your area and we will get it right on the pitch as well, you know, so there'll be exciting times ahead as well that people can be part of. So, so get yourselves down and obviously get yourself on the tagcast buses um, could be a it could be a sellout with Tadcaster if the amount of buses going down. So get yourself down and you know enjoy it and like we are and we'll we'll all get where we need to be together. Right, all I need to do is thank Bully for his time. I really enjoyed chatting to you tonight, mate. You too, Dan. Thank you very much. Okay, that neatly brings an end to this podcast episode. Just a quick bit of admin, and that comes in the way of pre-season. As you may know, we're off to Tadcaster on July the tenth. I have no idea where Tadcaster is. But I'm going, and if you want to get involved and watch the action, you can buy a coach ticket for £15 on the website, and I think match entrance is £5, so 20 quid all in. Also, if you want to get in touch with me, you can. That's on Twitter, at DanTracy1983. To wrap things up, I just need to thank Bully once again. A real pleasure to chat to him. I look forward to doing it again soon. So with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Newcastle Blue Star Podcast, and until next time, goodbye. (laughs) 